Shalom to all. Today's daf is Erev and daf Lamed. Hey, we're starting 10 lines from the top, the second to last word on the line. Today's daf is sponsored. Bishas Mordechai Israel ben Esther Freidel. He should be Zeichat, the continued Shefa from Shemaim. Now, we had Machlechus in the Mishnah in the scenario where Reuven places Erev in a box, locked it, and then lost the key. Tanakama holds that it's still valid, whereas Rebbe Lezer holds that it's not. And the Gemara is trying to figure out what's the Machlechus between the Tanakama and Rebbe Lezer. And the Gemara says, Rabbi Rabbi Yosef Tamit they both say, We're talking about a box that's made out of wood. Tanakam holds Kli, what's considered a cleave, ain't binyan bekelem, and steer bekelem, and there's no issue of building or dismantling a keli, and therefore you could just break the box open and get your air. Umar Savar, but Rebbe Lezer hold, oil, it's considered an oil, it's like a tent, it's like its own little dwelling, it's such a big box, so it has the status of an oil, and therefore you would not be allowed to dismantle it in order to get to your Erev. We'll plug the tiny tanoi, and this is the same exact machlekes as these following tanoim. Tanan, we have a Mishnah which is talking about a Zav. If he banged on a box of sorts, Tameim, it's going to be Tameim, and they say it's Tar. Now we know that a Zav can be Metame something through Heset, moving it. Rashi explains that he banged on the box, we're assuming he moved it, and it must be that he was wearing a glove, because if not, it would be Tameim because he touched it because of Maga, and not because of Heset. So what's the machlekes over here between the Tanakama and Reb Shimon Reb Nechemia? My love, how come it must be? What are they arguing about? Mar Savar Kli, who one holds that it's a Kli. Or Mar Savar Oil, who one holds it's an oil. If you hold it's a Kli, it's going to become Tameh. If you hold it's an oil, it's not going to become Tameh. Now the Gemara says, Amar Abai, Vitizbra, is that really logical to say that? Votanya, we have a Brisa, Oil, Venisate, Tameh. If it was an oil and the Zav ended up moving it, so it's going to be Tameh. Kli, if it's a Kli, it ain't a Nisate, and he didn't move it, Tar, so it's Tar. Vikitani Seifa, and the end of that Brisa says, Vimahayu Nisate in Tameh. Anything that was moved by a Zav is going to be Tameh. And Zahaklal, this is the rule. Nisate Machmas Kaychai, if it was moved because of the Kayach, the power, the force of the Zav, Tameh, then it's going to be Tameh. Machmas Ra'ada, Tahar. If it was moved only because of the trembling, because of the vibrations of the Zav, it's Tahar. Meaning, let's say he jumped on the floor, that caused the floor to vibrate, and then this thing moved, then it's going to be Tahar. So Abai has demonstrated very clearly from this Brisa that the Machlaikis in regards to Zav has nothing to do with oil versus Kli, and no matter what it is, it really just depends on whether or not the Zav actually moved it or if he didn't move it. So El Amar Abai explains the Zav Machlaikis. Everyone agrees if the Zav moved it because of his force, his power, his Kayach, then it's going to be Tameh even if it's an oil. If he moved it just because of his vibrations, he jumped on the floor, he did something to get it to move, but he didn't actually move it himself, so then it's going to be Tahar even if it's a Kli. Vahachan over here was the whole in regards to Zav, where it vibrated because of his Kayach. So let's say he banged on this thing and it didn't move, it kind of just shook in its place. And this is what the Machlechus is. Demar Savar one holds, that's considered like he moved it and then it would be Tameh. It's not considered Hesed. So now Abai has just successfully proven that the Machlechus in this Brisa of Zav has nothing to do with something being a clear or oil. Therefore, we can't necessarily make that as the differentiation in our Mishnah as the Machlechus in between the Tanakam and Rebbe Lezer. So what is the Machlechus in our Mishnah? And that's what the Gemara asks. So how are we going to establish our Mishnah? So Abai Verov, Adam Chavayu, they both say, We're talking about a locked box that has a rope tied around the lock. And we need to have a knife to cut the rope. Tanakam he says, "Call All kelim allowed to be handled on Shabbos, except for a large sov, and the sharp knife, which is part of the plow. You're not going to use those things for anything else, but you are allowed to use any keli for any purpose that you need. Therefore, you're allowed to take a knife in order to cut the rope. Rabbi Lezer Savar Nechemia. He holds like Rabbi Nechemia. The Amr that he says, "Afilu talis, even a garment, afilu tarvad, even a spoon." 
you're only allowed to handle it if you need it for its actual purpose. So you're allowed to use a spoon for eating and you're allowed to put the garment upon yourself, but you are not allowed to take a knife and cut a rope with it because that's not what it's designed for. And that is the Machlekes in our Mishnah between Rebeleazar and the Tanakhama. And the Mishnah continues, Let's say your Erev rolled outside of the Tchum. You placed your Erev 2,000 Amas away from where you are now, and then somehow the wind blew it, and now it's further than 2,000 Amas. Nafal of Gal, let's say a whole pile of stones fell on top of the Erev and you don't have access to it. Anisraf, or it got burnt. Truma, let's say it was Truma, Vinitmes, and it became Tameh. If all these things happened while it was still Erev Shabbos, in your Erev, so it's not a valid Erev because it wasn't Chal when Ben Hashemashas happened. Misha however, once it got dark, meaning it was already Shabbos, and then these things happened, Hareza Erev, it's a valid Erev. Mishnah continues in Suffolk. If we're in doubt, we don't know when these things happened. Rabbi Rabbi Huda Aimim, they say, Hareza Chamer Gamal, this fellow is like a donkey driver and a camel driver. Rabbi Nuchanal explains that donkeys and camels are led in two separate ways. So one that needs to lead both of them is a bit stuck, and he's not going to successfully accomplish leading either of them. And Rashi explains exactly what the Nafkamina is now that there's a Suffolk. If the Erev wasn't valid, then he may walk 2,000 Amas in every direction from his house. However, if it was valid, then his 2,000 Amas really starts from where the Erev is, which means he's only allowed to walk towards his Erev and not even in Amma in any other direction. So we have a real Suffolk over here. Whereas the message continues, Rabbi Yisrael Shimon, I mean, they say Suffolk Erev Kasher, it's valid and it's considered like he was kind of his Shvisa over there where his Erev is. And I'm Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Yisrael says, Av Thomas had Mishum Chamisha Zakenim, Av Thomas gave testimony in the name of five elders, Al Suffolk Erev Shakasher, that a Suffolk Erev is Kasher. And now the Gemara explains each scenario of the Mishnah. Nizgalgo Chutzla Tchum, when it rolled outside the Tchum, Amarav Rav said, Loishanu Elishin Nizgalgo Chutzla Arba Amas. That's only if it rolled outside of the four Amas of where it was located originally. But if it just rolled a little bit and it's still within the Dalad Amas of where you had placed it, that's going to be valid because wherever you place your Erev, you still get four Amas in its vicinity and therefore there's nothing wrong with this Erev. The Mishnah had said, if a pile of stones had fallen on top of it. And the Gemara says, Right now we're assuming in this stage in the Mishnah, that if you had wanted to, you could gain access to your Erev, you could technically move away the stones and then get the Erev. And the Gemara says, Let's say our Mishnah is not like Rebbe, if it was like Rebbe, he says, Anything that's Asr mit Rabbanon, of there's no Xer, there's no problem to do this Banish Mashas. And so, technically, according to Rebbe, he would be allowed to move those stones away in order to get to his Erev. And from the fact that the Mishnah said that it's not a valid Erev, it must be our Mishnah's like the Rabbanon. So, the Gemara says it's not a Rai because I feel a Rebbe. We could say our Mishnah's like Rebbe because Light Sricha, it must be that our case is talking about Dubai Marv Chatzina. He needs to have a shovel and a hoe in order to get his Erev. And that's an Isra Dairaisa of digging. And the Gemara says with we need both of these cases, both where it rolled away from where it was originally and when a pile of stones fell on top of it. If we only said that case, because now it's not in its original place, so you would say it's not valid. But when a pile of stones fell on top of it, it's still in its same place where you had placed it. I would say that maybe it's a valid Gal. If I would say that a pile of stones fell on top of it, then it's not valid. That's because it's being covered and you have no access to it. However, when it rolls out of its area, perhaps a wind is going to come blow it back into its original place. Maybe I should consider it a valid Erev, Tzricha, that's why I need both of these cases to say that in neither case is the Erev valid. And the Gemara continues to explain the Mishnah Ayn Nisraf, or his Erev was burned, Truma, or if it was Truma, Vinit Mason, it became Tameh. And the Gemara explains, Nisraf, what's the Chiddush in the case where it got burnt up? They teach you the power and the strength of Rabbi Shita that he still considers it a valid Erev even though it was totally burnt up. And Tana Truma Vinit the Mishnah taught us the case where it was Truma, then it became Tameh, to teach you the strength and the power of Mayor's Isra that he says it's not considered a valid Erev, and we're not going to say that we're going to establish it on its original Chazaka that when he had placed it there, it was Tahar, so we could always assume that it was Tahar until now that I found that it was Tameh. And nonetheless, we're still going to say that it's not a valid Erev, and that's a power of Mayor's Isser. So now the Gemara asks right away, does our Mayor really hold that if something
something's a suffix, we don't know when it became tame. We're still going to go lechumra, and we're going to say it's not a valid erev. But tonight we have a mishnah. Tame shared litbo. We have a person who's tame. He went down to go to the mikvah. Suffix tavel, suffix leitavel. We have a suffix. We don't know whether or not he went to the mikvah properly. Vafilu tavel, and even if he did go into the mikvah properly, he immersed as he should have. Suffix tavel bar baimsa. Suffix leitavel bar baimsa. We don't know if the mikvah is a valid mikvah if it had forty saw in it. V'chein shnei mikvahs. We also have the case where we have two mikvahs, one next to each other. Ba'achas yish bar baimsa. One of them has forty saw, and it's a kosher mikvah. Ba'achas ein bar baimsa. One of them does not have forty saw, and it's not a kosher mikvah. V'tavel ba'achas ben. He immersed in one of them. Ve'inyadei be'ez ben tavel. He doesn't know which one he immersed in. Sveika tame. This is a suffix, and we're considering him tame. But medvarim when is that said? B'toma chamura. Only when we're dealing with a very strict type of tama. Avod b'toma kala. But we're dealing with a very light type of tama. Kigain, for example, shachol eichlan tameim. He ate something that was tame. Vishasamashkin tameim. He drinks something that was tame. So he's only tame medrabanan. Vahabarish of ruben maim shuvim. Or his head and the majority of his body went into maim shuvim, which is not kosher for mikvah. Aishanafla arish of aruba shleish lugan maim shuvim. Or three lugan of maim shuvim again, which is not kosher mikvah water fell on top of his head. And this is all type of tama, which is only medrabanan. Viard litbal, and then he went down to the mikvah. Suffik tavel, suffik loy tavel. We don't know whether or not he went to the mikvah properly. Vafil tavel, even if he did immerse properly. Suffik tavel bar bar himsa. Suffik loy tavel bar bar himsa. We just don't know whether or not he dunked in something that actually had forty saw. V'chein shnei mikvahs, or he went to a mikvah that there was one next to another. Ba'achas yish bar bar himsa. Ba'achas ein bar bar himsa. One of them had forty saw. One of them didn't. So therefore, one of them is kosher, and one of them is not. V'tavel ba'achas behen, and then he immersed in one of them. Ve'ene de be'ez man tavel, and he doesn't know which one he went to the mikvah in. Sveika tar. So in this case, he's going to be tar. And Rabbi Yaisi mitamei. Rabbi Yaisi says he's tamei. So we have a steer in Rameir's shita because in our Mishnah, when we're dealing with Tchumen, which we're assuming as a Drabanan, we see Rav Meir is being very machmir. And over here in this Mishnah, Rav Meir is being very megal when it comes to the Suffolk Drabanan. So the Gemara says, Rav Meir, Tchumen Dairaisan, and Rav Meir holds that Tchumen is Dairaisa, it's based off of a Pasuk, and therefore our Mishnah is dealing with the Suffolk Dairaisa, and that's why he's machmir. The Gemara asks right away, Vesav Rav Meir, Tchumen Dairaisa, does Rav Meir really hold that Tchum is Dairaisa? But to none, we have a Mishnah. Now this Mishnah is talking about measuring the Tchum. When measuring the 2,000 Amas of the Tchum, a rope of 50 Amas is used. When a dip in the ground or hill is in the way, then the slope is not measured because that's going to shorten the length of the tchum. So what do we do? We're mavlia. We swallow up that incongruence in the straightness of the land. So for example, if there's a small mound in the way, the rope is just held over that small mound and then we measure the 50 amas that way. And knowing that, the Mishnah says, if we're not able to be mavlia, let's say the base of this mound is very, very wide and it's much wider than 50 amas and let's say this mountain is very tall. So what are we supposed to do? So bezu amrav dustoy baryanim yushumrat meir. He says in the name of meir, shamate, I heard shamakadrim baharim that we're going to make a hole through the mountain. We don't actually make a hole. We just imagine that there's a hole there, there's a tunnel, and then we're going to measure it like that. And that's the way to be mavliyayit. The Gemara in a different office is going to discuss how exactly we do that. And here comes the question of Meir. If you're going to say Tchumen is really Dairaisa, Mima Kadrin, are we allowed to conceptualize that there's a tunnel going through this mound? We're not allowed to conceptualize, we're not allowed to imagine that there's a tunnel going through. Not when we're measuring an ear Miklat. We know that when Ruvain accidentally killed Shimon, so he has to run to the Ir Miklat. Shimon's brother Levi is allowed to take revenge and kill Ruvain before he gets to the Ir Miklat, or if he leaves it. And this is measured by the Tchum of the city. So we are not allowed to be Makader when we're measuring the Ir Miklat. Veloiba Egla Rufa, and not in the case of Egla Rufa, which is a case when a deceased person was found in between two cities. So we measure which city is closer to that person, and we're not going to be Makader in that case. And why not? 
because these things are de'oiraisas. So we see very clearly that when we're talking about chum as considered de'oiraisa. So how is it the Rav Meir had said in this case that we are allowed to be mekader, we're allowed to imagine there's a tunnel there. It's an issue of a de'oiraisa. So the Gemara says, like, it's not a problem. Hadideh, hadirabe, Rav Meir in our Mishnah, that's machmir in regards to Erevin, that's his own shita. But when he had told us that we're allowed to be mekader, that was his Rebbe's shita. And how do we know this? Dekanami, we could be medayik. Dekhtani, it says in this memory previously that we just mentioned, Bezu, Amr he said this in the name of Rav Meir, Shamati, I heard, meaning Rav Meir saying that he heard this from his Rebbeim, Shemakaj and Baharim, that you're allowed to do this. But not that that's his own Shita. His Shita is our Mishnah, that he holds a Tchum as a and that's why he's going to be Machmer in our Mishnah. Shmami, no, that's our proof. And now the Gemara says, Verami Dairaisa Dairaisa, Rav Meir, we're going to ask a steer in the way Rav Meir deals with Dairaisas. Did not we have a Mishnah? Naga Be'echer Balayla, Ruvain touched someone in the middle of the night. He doesn't know if he was dead or alive when he touched him. Ulmachar, the next day, Hishkim, he woke up, and it turns out the fellow was dead. Rav Meir Matar, Rav Meir says that he's tar because the last known status of this person is that he was alive, and therefore we only assume that he died right now and that he was not dead when Ruven touched him. Vacham Metamin, Racham say that he's Tomei. Why? We deal with the Toma as we found it now, and then we assume that that was his last known status. Even though yesterday we know this person was alive, we assume that when he was touched in the middle of the night, he was already dead. So we see that when it comes to Toma, which is the Dairaisa, Rav Meir is lenient. We apply the last known Chazaka, which is that this person was alive, and therefore Reuven is not going to be Tomei. So why don't we say the same thing with Erov? Its last known status is that it was Tahar. We have a suffix of when it became Tomei. So why don't we go Lakula, saying that we know that it was Tahar when he placed it down there, and therefore it only became Tomei shortly before we saw it now. So our Gemara says, Our mission is dealing with Shayaleha Sheretz Kol Benishmashas. There was a Sheretz on top of this Truma food, all Benishmashas. The Gemara asks, If so, Bahalim, Rabbi Yaisi, Suffolk, Erov Kasher. This is the case Rabbi Yaisi was talking about that if it's a Suffolk, it's Kasher. How could it be considered a Suffolk? There was a Sheretz on it, all Benishmashas. Of course it's not a valid Erev. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yosef, Dharma Chavayu, no, we're talking about two groups of Edim. One says it already became Tame already Erev Shabbos. And the other says that no, it only became Tame after it was dark. And the Gemara explains the difference between these cases. Lam and Vav on the top. Rav Amarava says, Hasim over there in the case where Ruven touched Shimon, there's two Chazakas that could point us to the Kula direction. In the case when Ruven touched Shimon at night. And we don't know if Shimon was alive when he was touched. Even if there are two conflicting groups of Edim, there's still reason to be Mekel. Why? Because there's two Chazakas. Chazaka one is we can assume that he was still alive at the time of being touched because his last known status, before now obviously, was the alive status. And Chazaka two is that Ruvain's last known status, Tahainu, before nightfall, was that he was Tahar. Therefore, we're going to say, Haman al Chazkasam, everyone stays with their original Chazakas, and therefore Ruvain's going to be Tahar. However, concludes the Gemara, Vahacha over here in the case of the Erev, Chada Chazaka Lakula, there's only one Chazaka that could push us towards the Kula, and therefore we're going to have to be Machmir. Meaning over here, the only Chazaka that we have is that the last known status of this Truma is that it was Tahar. However, we're not going to go Lakula in that case because we only have one Chazaka and not two Chazakas. Therefore, we're going to be Machmir. We're going to stop here for now. We're going to pick up tomorrow with a question on Rabbi Yaisi and our Mishnah. But for now, everyone should have a wonderful day.